Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA-focused podcasts, Cavaliers Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Knuck If You Buck, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, guys, back to Beyond the Ball, Coach Klump. It's good to hear from you. It's been a little bit. Yes, yes. Our, our busy schedules, uh, we haven't been able to get together, but uh, it was a great uh, listen with uh, Coach Anastasio. We, I know from the get-go, he was one of the guys that we wanted to get on, and he certainly disappointed, didn't disappoint. And um, just to have him on the show, uh, it's great to see how you know the array of people that we've been able to connect with through this. It's just been a pleasure. How you doing? Ah, I am doing good. Same thing. We're recording here on a on a Sunday morning. You know, it's been an interesting journey with this podcast, you know, trying to just stack interviews so that we can release them weekly. And now we're to the point because we've been so busy the last mm-hmm. two months where we're now kind of live, basically. Well, yeah. as close to live as we're going to get, you know, with the, this episode dropping in the next couple of days. So uh, I'm doing great. You know, life is good. We were just talking off air a little bit about you know, our seasons and how they're going. And we got one more matchup between us coming up as well. So uh, excited, happy. I'm happy that everything has worked out fairly well in terms of like COVID and going on pause and things of that nature. But uh, it's a good Sunday morning and I'm feeling good. So sun is out, the snow is starting to melt away. So so life is good on that end. So let's get it started. Sunday morning, let's start with a verse today. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, um, 16 through 18. So therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being rewarded day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for all of us internal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix our eyes, not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen will be eternal. And just uh, speak so much truth into you, like, uh, you know, this time and like what we're doing, you know, use your time. Um, to serve others, you know, the way Jesus would and, you know, all these uh, material goods sometimes, it's it's not the point. The point is, uh, you know, loving on individuals just like Jesus would. Yeah, I think what connected with me as you were saying that as we're coming out of this pandemic time and, you know, vaccines, if you're into the vaccine or not into the vaccine, we're starting to open up here a little bit in terms of society and people getting back out and things of that nature. And it kind of connected with me what you were just saying from the verse about, you know, these times of trouble that we've had. It's been a year, right? It's been about a full calendar year since we left school. And all of those troubles that we've had and the anguish that some have went through, you know, have just constantly um, burdened us with some mental stress. But 
if you were able to focus on some inner growth, uh, for us focusing on our faith and our family, you know, you still kind of get through it, even though the outside um, elements of your life are maybe a little bit more chaotic. And, mm-hmm. you know, for us, I think we, we talk all the time about, you know, being centered around Jesus and our faith. And that for me is just a, a really powerful thing. It's allowed me to, you know, when things get do get crazy to, to get centered. I was actually re- doing some reading and some journaling the other day at school while I was, you know, trying to get the gym set up for a, for a game. And, you know, one of the other teachers just approached me and said, what are you doing there? And so I shared it with him. And I just said, it's, they, they asked, they were like, is it, does this help? And I was said to them, 100%, it helps just center me uh, for the day. Even if I get in, you know, a 10 or 20 minute reading and a little bit of journaling, it gets me locked in on the day and helps me get centered and focused. And I think that's kind of what your verse was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, just the ability to get rid of the distractions from around you and just get centered on the inside. So great, great verse today for sure. Um, what about a coaching nugget? You got All something right. for us? Yeah, we got a great guest coming up. The, I kind of want to, yeah, I want to get going here. Go. It, it kind of goes along with uh, the verse there in that, you know, we, when you break it down, depending on, you know, the size of your school that you work with and how much you're going to see your guys or your girls that are your athletes, you know, we really might have up to about 5% of time in their lives to make an impact, you know, and, you know, you try to get your culture in and ask them what their mission is, teach them about accountability and leadership. And that's what's really going to make the difference. You know, you're going to have wins and losses on those Friday nights. um, But, you know, are we really making an an even bigger impact with that maybe 5% or 10% um, of time that we're going to be closely serving them in their lives? So let's not neglect that. Yeah, I think I'm just going to piggyback on yours and go with, go just reemphasize what you're stating there and give an anecdote. We, this season has been crazy, right? We're, it's like a eight week season where we're trying to jam in four months of practice, knowledge, Mm -hmm. games, and, you know, the culture piece that you talked about is so huge in giving these kids a positive experience. We've actually, and my guys have done this on their own. I don't know if I could take too much credit for it, but, you know, getting ready for games and how they show up every day, they've actually taken it upon themselves to do like theme days when they mm-hmm. when they come into the gym. So they're really connected and having a good time. And I've found myself catching myself with, you know, the results of the game yeah. not being what I want, but at the same time, just stepping back and saying what's good for them in this moment. And uh, they've been actually really resilient. The athletes have, you know, when they lose, they're upset, but they ultimately understand that they're pretty lucky just to be playing. And so that would be my add on to your coaching nugget, which is, you know, just kind of read the room and, you know, focus on the mental health of your athletes and they all are going to want to play and they're going to be frustrated when they don't play. But if they understand the bigger picture is to have the experience, grow as a person, 
uh, and enjoy their time with their friends because it's going to be a very short window here. Yeah, we had the um, same situation happen yesterday. Uh, our parents put together a wonderful slideshow um, on our senior day and we're just able to sit back and see them like when they're little, just smiling oh, in, the, in the games and sports, no matter if it was basketball or football or lacrosse or track. Um you know, the kids just had a smile on their face and really it, it's just helped them grow and, and live life as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for us as we roll here to a close in the next couple of weeks on basketball, at least just giving them an opportunity to compete and be with their friends. And hopefully uh, it's went pretty well here in the winter, knock on wood. Um, hopefully these fall two and spring sports go just mm -hmm. just as well for them. So, hey, I love it. Getting recentered with you is always a good thing. But we should probably get on to our guest this week. Our guest is uh, Center Court, um, also known by his actual name, which is Chad Andrews. Do you want to just kind of give our listeners a little bit of background on Chad? Because I think you know him a little bit more intimately than I do. Yeah, for sure. So, um, Chad Andrews, um, in Western New York, if, you, if you're from the Western New York area and you're involved in basketball, boys basketball, uh, he's just the epicenter of what everything runs through right now with newspapers kind of almost becoming extinct. Um, this, this man travels all around. He's just a basketball junkie and he can't get enough of it. Um, he travels all around from gym to gym, no matter if it's two hours away, 15 minutes away. If there's a game that he wants to see, he'll be there to um, live tweet about it. Um, and he's got a podcast. He's got a whole bunch of different things going on just to celebrate um, our local basketball athletes. And he does it for free just because he loves it and he's cultivated um, his own brand of, of like center court. People know the young, the athletes really get pumped up when they know that he's going to be at their game and he creates such a special atmosphere that the this area deserves. So we've been wanting to get Chad on to talk hoops, uh, especially in this area for a while. And we're glad that he's able to do it this morning. Yeah, absolutely. He is, uh, he is just about a, as humble as a person you could possibly meet. And given the fact that he gives all of this time just purely out of joy for the game and celebration for our athletes is huge. We, we had the honor of having Chad last week in for our game, um, against Medina. And it was just, it's just great because you know that if Chad's there, it's probably, uh, an important game. You mm -hmm. know, he usually makes it out to all the big matchups. Um, but what I'm really excited to talk to him about too, is that, you know, he does not uh, just hold on to like the big name teams in Western New York. He really does know everything about every Western New York team from the biggest school to the smallest school um, from up in Niagara County, all the way down to like Chautauqua County. He knows, yeah. he knows the teams, he knows the games. Uh, and he's willing to put in that time. So I, I would love to just, well, I'm going to love having this conversation <laughs> with him about, you know, where that love started, where did he come up with the idea? Um, and it's kind of, you know, propelled itself a little bit too. Other people are now starting to do similar stuff as him. And like you said, it's just kind of increasing the exposure uh, and the quality of the experience for our athletes. So super excited to talk to him. We're going to bounce out then. And when we come back, we'll have uh, Chad center court Andrews. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. 
Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, we're back to Beyond the Ball with Coach Eric Klump. I'm Justin Gerstung, and we're joined today by one of our favorite guests, uh, maybe of this entire podcast, Center Court, otherwise known as Chad Andrews, or Chad is it Chad Andrews, otherwise known as Center Court. How would you describe yourself? I guess I am. It depends which facet of life I'm in at the time. You know, in the in the summertime, I am Chad Andrews, otherwise known as Center Court, and then the winter, I'm I'm Center Court first. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you guys asking me. I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I think it, it, the the quality is outstanding. I think the content is outstanding, and love what you guys do. So happy to be here. Thank you so much, Chad, and thanks for coming on Beyond the Ball. And, uh, you know, as a part of the podcast, we always like to get back to the roots of people's journeys and how things all started. Um, so, I mean, you weren't always Chad Center Court Andrews or Chad Andrews Center Court. So uh, tell us how this started. Well, you know, and not always being Chad Center Court caused me to miss a lot of good basketball, too, that I try not to dwell on. So I'll start where it all started. Uh, if I go back to 2006, is kind of the year that it really was born. And I was subbing and coaching. I had a phys ed degree out of Brockport and was trying hard to just get myself into a school district. And while I'm doing that, there's a night where I'm just, I'm free in the evening and I look on the schedule and I see that Wilson is at Newfane. And I went to Wilson myself. I live in Newfane now. I know it's a good rivalry game. I'm reading a lot about this Newfane team in the paper. So I go check out the game. I am hooked from the word go when I walk in that gym. It's the atmosphere. It takes you all back to those early impressions that something leaves on you when you're a kid. It took me back to varsity basketball games when I was a fifth grader. And I loved that Newfane team that year. Uh, one of the standout players on that team now lives directly across the street from me, Rob Linhart, and he's now the head coach at Wilson this season. So crazy how things all come full circle. So loved that team, and after watching that game, I wanted to see more of this Newfane team. I went home and told my wife, man, this, that was just a fun team to watch. And Eric, I know you remember that team well with Linhart and Jet and a host of others. So I start following this Newfane team toward the end of the season. They end up... Uh, getting knocked out of the playoffs by East High, that um, led by Jamal Webb, who was a sophomore that year. So now I've now I follow the action into playoffs because I'm reading about Johnny Flynn in the paper. Never saw this amazing 05 team, by the way. Never saw him, but I'm reading about Johnny Flynn in the paper in 2006, and it's all the buzz, and I'm kind of starting to get this basketball bug. And I can remember sitting there subbing one day, reading the Lockport Union Sun and Journal about Johnny Flynn, and I made up my mind I'm going to see this kid. So I went and saw him for the first time at Niagara University in a semifinal double-A game against 
Lockport. Flynn was amazing. Hit this rainbow three-pointer to end the half, and it just it further fed this spawning love for high school basketball. So now I'm going to Buff State, and I go and I and I went and I just took in a day. And as I sat there, and it starts with the B2 game, and then the B1 game, and then the A2 game, and that the talent and the competition just kept getting better and better. And I'm like, these teams are coming out, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is so much more high school basketball in this area outside of Niagara Orleans League, where I came from. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I still to this day, I love the competition in the end. Oh, I love it all. I'll go down and watch a Class D game. But it just, I was like, wow, it was like Nirvana to me. So that's, that's really what. First spawned it, you know, Johnny Flynn sitting at Buff State watching that Lackawanna team that won a state championship this year, seeing this great Maryvale team, a great McKinley team, great sweet home teams. So now I'm also at the time at Wilson, I'm coaching modified football, and one of the assistant coaches on the team with me is Nate Butel, and he's right out of high school from Star Point, and he's working for the Niagara Gazette at that point. So we become friends coaching or you know, coaching football together. Obviously, Nate has gone on to wonderful things, and he's doing a fantastic job for himself. He asks me, would you ever be interested in uh, doing some stringer work for us? Sure. So I go off and do a, a game for the Niagara Gazette just as a stringer. And I send it in, and they look it over, and they say, they really like what they see. We're going we're gonna to use you for more. So I ended up becoming a stringer writer for the Gazette and probably did about 20 games for him. But the thing that changed everything for me, the real game changer, is when I asked Nate, hey, can you get me a credential? Because I go into these games and I'm telling them I'm there to cover a game. So anyway, they, give, they issue me a credential and I started to take a little bit of liberty with that and now I'm, I'm loving this high school basketball scene so now I'm finding good games and just showing up to them and going and sitting at the table and doing my thing meet Keith McShay in 2008, start commenting on the Prep Talk blog. It just really all took off from there. Yeah, so 2006, 2008, that's right about the time I got started on the varsity. So meeting Keith, Keith McShay has been a huge proponent of high school prep sports. So what would you say um, continued to draw you in like to these games? Is it uh the human interest side was it the the talent um was it just something to do to get you out of the house like what what really draw what was drawing you to the games back you know in the mid 2000s it was like i guess and unfortunately they're gone now box scores I would go and watch my game and I'd go home and I'd read the box score of my game and then I'd start looking at other box scores of other games and I'd see the same names all the time. This name from St. Joe's, Greer and Cook. And I'm like, boy, these guys, they're always yeah. high up in the box score. I want to go and see these players. So then I make it a point to go out and watch a St. Joe's game. and it, it kept going in that direction where the more I would read about, the more I would be inspired to want to go and watch players and teams and then I would go and do it. And then it just kind of became a passion of... I want to see all these guys. I want to understand the scene as a whole. I, I, I want to really take it all in. There's so much more than just what's in my area, and I don't mind driving out to see this. I, I enjoy this, you know. So, and, and that and also the interaction. So now when I'm commenting on the Prep Talk blog and I, you know, the first time I had to, you have to pick a name and it didn't make you pick a real name. You can pick whatever you want. I picked Center Court because that's where I was always choosing a seat. So I thought, ah, center court, because I'm always sitting center court. I sit center court every time I go to Buff State. 
because now I've gone to Buff State now for the last three years in a row. It's a 2008 season. I'm commenting on prep talk. I use center court. Finally, I get an interaction back from somebody named Hoopster. And, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and out him a decade later. That was Larry Reagan. And at the time, his son, Will Reagan, is playing at Nichols. And, you know, so Hoopster and I are kind of chatting back and forth in this prep talk blog. I end up emailing Keith McShay and saying, you know, can you email Hoopster and tell him I'd like to meet him? and see if he's interested in exchanging phone numbers, whatever. We end up meeting each other, becoming friends. Um, and, and really, I think Keith McShay's mentorship was also a big part of what really took off because he took an interest in my commentary, and he knew that I really enjoyed it. I think he liked the commentary that I brought and uh, filled in the great work that he did just with some little asides. And... Uh, he he befriended me. He he let me ask him a ton of questions. He taught me so much, and it, it just really continued on. And then in 2011, the start of the 2011 season, the Prep Talk blog had to change its format because it was tied to all the other religious and political blogs that the, the news had. So they had to make people start to register, and it became a lot tougher to just throw a comment on a site. And when they did that, the comments really just plummeted. And I didn't want to see the conversation go away. And that's when I started the View from Center Court blog website that you know it as today. And it started out as just a, a print journal type thing. And, and boy, when I first started it, I was more aggressive than ever at just pumping out content. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we move on to that, so is this this passion you talked about going to a game, phys ed degree, has basketball always been like a passion for you or has it been all sports? Because obviously we see the basketball end, but where did that, where is that rooted in? Were you like an athlete in high school? Like how did that play out as you grew up? I was, I would consider myself an athlete in high school, not a great one. Uh, football was always my favorite sport, so I played youth football all the way through 10 years, and that still to this day is my favorite sport. And this past NFL season we just came off of was, I think, because of the pandemic and because there was no basketball and how glued into it I was, it was like my favorite football season of all time. Um, but that the basketball has always been my other sport, and you know, oddly enough, the sport I think I play the best is lacrosse, which I picked up later in life, but. I always liked basketball. I'm not a very good basketball player. I can't dribble very well to save my life. I can sh I can shoot it if no one's guarding me, and you'll give me a lot of time to warm up. But it, it really, I, I mentioned it in the beginning, The uh, I think it was that varsity atmosphere from when I was a kid that I remembered so much, and then going back and kind of getting a taste of that again, I just thought, man, this is what a great way to spend a winter evening watching this high school basketball. So that, that I think, more than anything. So, Chad, as the season approaches each and every year, tell us what it's like for you being this basketball junkie and, and knowing um, where a team left off and where they might fit in. How, how do you start gathering some thoughts um, in prior to the season leading up to where you want to go and uh, and everything that goes in, into like all your travels? I think that the depth of what I end up taking in every season, because it's pretty involved. And, and I, 
I see a lot of different teams and I see a lot of different teams multiple times. And that's something I've always said is if you really want to get a good gauge of players and teams, you got to see them more than once because you, you see one game and a kid pops off and another game he doesn't. And the more you watch a team or anything, the more familiar you become with it. And I've really kind of done most of my coverage on the good teams, you know, the, the top tens, the bubble teams outside of the top tens and both the large and small. But what happens when I'm coming back to the beginning of a season is I have a really good understanding of what's coming back already. That helps. Uh, programs are definitely a big part of it because year after year, the same teams tend to be competitive and the same teams tend to not be as competitive. That's a, a big contributor to kind of what I'm gathering. And then I've always said relationships. I've made so many relationships over the years. And when you do that, you have contact, you have sources, and you don't burn those sources so people don't mind telling you stuff. And you just are able to gather so much information. And it's a, it's a whole network that's established that's really just taken on a life of its own. And so I, I go in with a base knowledge, and, and that's also where I'm a little anxious about it because I put myself on the line in the beginning of the year. I make predictions. I make player watch lists, things like that. And you you don't always get them right. A lot of times you offend people, and I'm, that's never my intention with any of it. Yeah, it's got to be a hard thing, I think, to put out their comments about you know kids and who you think is going to play well. But that's what I really love about your site. You're never negative, right? You're always, for, for me, at least what I read and what I see, you know, on social media, it's always positive, positive, positive. Um, and of course, there's always going to be people that get upset with stuff like that. But um, just what you do to celebrate our athletes is is amazing. Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that as you get out into these gyms. I would love to know what maybe goes through your mind, like what you see as valuable to share with, you know, the people that read your stuff and follow you, you know, are you looking for, you know, scoring? Are you looking for competitiveness? A little bit of all of that? Has it changed over the years? Like as you've grown and made connections, you know, like Eric and I as coaches, like we've grown and changed in our philosophy. Has that kind of happened to you as well? I think my philosophy on a lot of things has changed both with experience watching basketball and just life experience and maturity. It's amazing how much different I, I think as an adult male in this world today than I did 12, 13 years ago. But for me, it's when you're doing Twitter and live updates, there's only so much information you can pump out while still taking in a game. So points become a big part of a narrative of what you're telling people. So they, obviously that goes out a lot, um, but like like Justin was asking, there's there's so much that goes to it: the competition, the atmosphere, the sportsmanship, um, just just seeing different levels of players' games. That it's it, sometimes maybe it's hard to to put into words sometimes or explain to people who are following you on Twitter, but you can get out and just see the way that kids compete, see the way that they respond to things. I've watched some live streams this year. I've watched a lot of live streams. It and and that's a wonderful thing, and I hope it stays. But it doesn't do anything the justice of being there live to really take it all in. Yeah, 
Chad, um, what I wanted to ask you is you, you've been talking about the relationships. Um, has there been a, a coach that you were like, man, I really want to talk to this coach, but I'm a little bit nervous, almost like a fanboy, so to speak. Um, has there been any coaches like that where you're a little uh, apprehensive to co- to approach because you just, oh, man, I really want to talk to this guy, but I'm a little nervous? Or, or um, Tell us about those experiences. So I think that's a great question. And, and as you're asking, I can think back to the beginning of it. It was every coach. It was every great coach that I would sit there and admire from a distance because in the beginning when I was doing this, I wasn't going around and interviewing coaches, emailing them for information at the beginning of the season. I didn't have all these relationships. I just watched from afar. And it was the same with the players. You know, I was in awe of some of these players in the beginning where, you know, I, I'd wonder, do they do they even know who I am? Do, are they aware that I'm saying all these wonderful things on the Prep Talk blog about them or... Um, but Jeff Anastasia was certainly one. I sat and watched him at Buff State and thought, that guy just looks like an icon. And I didn't even know him, but I wanted to meet him. Um, Starling Bryant was a, a big one for me that I, still to this day, I have a lot of respect for that guy. Um, Larry Jones was one that I watched, and he seemed like an intimidating guy, but uh, he seemed like somebody who was also very knowledgeable and a big part of the basketball scene. So those are three names that pop up in my head right off the top as, as I'm thinking back to that time. I remember in 2006 watching Mark Kenzie on the sideline and thinking, you know, that guy runs a tight ship. He runs a good program. Those are all great names right yeah. there, all names that Coach and I have actually really been blessed to have relationships with as well. What about, Coach, I just want to expand a little further in the relationship column. How is this kind of taken off? off the court because i know you've done some fun stuff with you know getting different showcase events together and things of that nature so what type of relationships and connections have you been able to make through hoops away from the court not necessarily players or coaches but in other areas of life it meet like relationships that began via basketball but blossomed yeah. outside of basketball yeah absolutely and, and and things and things maybe even connected that are still in the basketball realm with like some show- showcase events you've had and things of that nature. Well, like the, the view from center court life took on a life of itself. So like in 2011, I started the blog in 2012, I added Twitter, which took everything to a completely another level. Um, right. The, the banquet that the Buffalo news does that they would invite me to and allow me to give out my own awards at the, right. the, center court classics you know i've had three of them we had to cancel this year's because of the pandemic and the limitations we had um getting into podcasting a little bit last year like you guys do certainly not to the level of this podcast because like i said at the top this podcast is awesome you know mine was just let me let me get talking and have some people here some yeah um and then then even adding the play-by-play stuff this year that's been that's been a lot of fun and it's different because just like what I'm doing with the view from center court that started a bunch of years ago, I had no training in sports writing or, or any of this. It was just, I enjoy it and I think I could do it. So you, you know, that was my podcasting experience last year. I've never done a podcast, but I think I can talk about basketball. I'll give it a shot. I've never sure. done play by play, but Gabe, Michael, you're asking me if I want to do play by play and be the voice of the Marauders this year. Well, at the time I committed to that, 
Section 6 was saying there was going to not even be media allowed in gyms, and I was hearing the same about the Monsignor Martin, and I thought, I'll guarantee myself eight games, and six <laughs> yeah. of them I'd want to be at anyway. Yeah, I'll give it a right. shot. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, and I think, you know, the play-by-play, I think I can get through a game. I, I'm no Jim Nance, but right. I'll get through a game, and hopefully people enjoy what they're hearing. And in relationships, yeah, there's just been a lot of friendships that have started with coaches that carry outside of the gym. There's there's coaches I talk to on the way home from games. There's coaches I talk to in the summer. There's people that come and visit me at my job in the summer, and um, it's been it's been wonderful. There's former players that I still speak with, and a lot of that. It, it really it really adds a whole other element to your life. So Chad, um, in these non-COVID, well, even during COVID, I'm, you probably were relieved to know that you could be getting into the gyms. But even before, this is like going on, you know, over a decade of you probably out and taking in two or three games for three or four months. Um, so tell us about um, how the wife lets you out of the house and getting, getting your job done. <laughs> you know, I wondered if this topic would come up and I actually thought about it. Uh, so... When it first began, it was definitely tough, and it was hard for her, and I completely understand why it would have been. And, you know, I, I can remember her looking at me and saying, you're going to another game tonight? You know, and, the, and, and we're, back in, we're back in the late, you know, 2008 time, whatever. And I, I, I remember a conversation. I remember, you know, kind of one of those nights where we, you know, you and your wife have a heavier conversation, and it gets a little more in, entailed. And I remember letting her know, expressing to her how this this provides something for me that it's hard to put into words. But I have this time right now on my hands, and, and I just don't do well just sitting home every night in the winter. And it's not anything against my family. I would love to have you come with me every night. I understand that you don't want to. I take the whole week. We can all jump in a car and go to the game together. I just... Right. That it, it fulfills me. And I think that when I said that actual statement to her, this is something that fulfills me. It, it, I need something that drives me in the winter, and this provides that to me. And also explaining to her that it's, to me, it's almost a, a way to give back. And, and, and that might sound corny, but I feel like I've never really put my hand out for a lot of compensation for what I do. It's more, I just... I love the feeling I give a kid when I walk into a gym and I know that I made his night because I walked into a gym. And I still think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that people are that into what I'm saying or doing that I impact a kid when I walk into the gym. But I realize that that happens and and I can remember when I was a kid what that would have felt like if somebody who did what I do came in and you know I felt like, wow, I'm actually going to get a little shine from this man tonight if I, if I perform well. I, I, and to I think my wife finally understood that, and then started to see over time. Okay, he's he's really respected for what he's doing. People like this. It's not just he's not just somebody going to games. A lot of people know him, and you know the, the first center court classic that we had. Now she's meeting a lot of people, and people are coming in and saying to her, "Your husband, this or that, or oh, you're you're Mrs. Andrews. Oh, you're a saint," and uh, <laughs> and she is, and. So she is. She has very much adjusted to it, and I think it's still it's still a struggle. Um, every year, there's probably in mid December, she's like, 
looking up at me saying, really? That we're just getting started, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Chad, um, let me ask you about, is there is there something that you see in the near future that you think you can add, I guess you could say, to your brand? I know you talked about podcasting. Um, but is there something that you haven't t- spoke about or that you can see or that you want to add to this whole center court uh, persona? Well, one of the things that I've thought about, and I don't know what type of a pipe dream it really is, but so I started doing the play-by-play this year and with all these different schools live streaming, and it started to make me wonder if there was any possibility that you extend the brand into more of instead of center court comes in and does some Twitter updates when he has time to in between timeouts and whatnot that I, I come in and I plug right into, I, I, you know, I bring a board and we add that audio to your live stream and, and I'll take you through the game that way. You know, that, that would be something that I'd be interested in exploring a little more. Um, would certainly like to tweak that podcast that I started last year as we get back into some normalcy next year and I can do a whole season the way I like to and try and be better at that. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the work that the guys over at Western New York Athletics do. Mm-hmm. I, they do a um, great job. I think that I am um, maybe maybe one of the struggles I have sometimes is putting things into motion in, in the way that they do, and they. So I I really admire the way that they're pioneers and pushing coverage forward, and I think I have my niche, and I. I, I have that value to offer, but I also can appreciate other people that are more of the entrepreneurs and getting getting it to the next level. So I sit back and watch what other people do in that regard and try to pick up tidbits and I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, Coach, I, Chad, I think you're, you're on to something there. I think the value that you do bring um, you could definitely find a partner in, in helping push that forward for sure. Just to backtrack really quick, you said that, you know, giving a little shine to these athletes and, and trying to serve a little bit is corny. And I will just say uh, outwardly to everybody, I don't think that's corny at all. I think that's exactly why Eric and I started this podcast, um, giving people an opportunity to celebrate others is a empowering thing. So I would never say that that's corny. And then on the other side of that last comment about your wife, uh, having a wife and four children of my own, I know that basketball season always brings our challenges to the forefront as well. So your wife is a saint. Mine is probably the right there with her. Um, So definitely fulfilling, I think is the word that you used. It fulfills you. And my wife and I have had that same conversation that, you know, if I did not have coaching basketball, you know, I would probably be a miserable person to be around during the winter. So I can totally connect with you on that, uh, on that end of things. Some questions and maybe just commentary here, because um, I don't, we don't want to keep you too long on a Sunday morning, but you've now had at least a decade of, of games under your belt or so. And what have been some of the biggest highlights? Like, as I sit back and, you know, you're mentioning coaches' names and players' names, it's been a fun past decade or so of high school basketball in Western New York. What are some of the ones that kind of stick out to you, either like Buff State moments, which is Eric and I love Championship Saturday every year. It's a thing we do. Um, hopefully we're playing there in the near future again. But 
just looking for some highlights from you, what would be like a top three uh, list of highlights that come to your mind? Whew. Well, I know there's going to be a lot. You have way more the, content the, the, than we do. Uh, so He'll have to get the voice where it goes, Mensa Habib. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of ours for sure. A little Dave Thomas. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Mansa Habib. Um, the the uh, West Seneca West, Williamsville South yeah. Class oh. A1 final probably oh. has to go right to the top for me. Yeah. I still think back to that night, four <laughs> overtimes. I couldn't passcode my phone because my hands were sweating so much watching that game. I was so excited. I'm videotaping every possession, and my phone's about to die. And it was the best game I ever saw as a high school basketball fan. Yeah. And it, it so left such an impression on me. The, uh, the 2013 season was a special one to me for a couple teams, and one of them was the McKinley Max that year. They won a state championship, and that was just a lot of fun to follow. Uh, we don't see too many Class A teams in the public ranks go and win a state championship. Mm-hmm. Right. That one left an impression on me. That 2013 Silver Creek team, still to this day, is probably my favorite team I've ever covered. Now, they didn't win a state championship. They got to the state semifinals, but they were just so unique and fun to watch. They played five guys. They never called timeouts. They never subbed, and they just ran you out of the gym. And I've never seen a team quite like them. Um, that's a, a moment. Watching the 2016 Olean Huskies team win their state championship, be right there on the floor with them, and go undefeated to win a public school state championship after I predicted that they would show up in Glens Falls undefeated at the beginning of the year was yeah, really cool. cool. The, uh, the Johnny Flynn Regional in 2006 against Fairport when both teams were just loaded. Uh, and, I, and I sat there with my dad and watched that. That's a memory that stands out to me. Um, touting, touting Jamal Webb for Player of the Year in 2008 when I was basically a nobody, but I pumped the heck out of Keith McShay and Prep Talk, singing the praises of Jamal Webb all year because I just thought the kid was the most fantastic basketball player in the area, and he went on to good things at the Division One level. Those are a few things that that jump out. Uh, walking out of St. Bonaventure one night after an Ole and Jamestown game and my car was buried in snow and I didn't <laughs> even know it was coming. And uh, I'm going home on an old one of those old Garmin's. That was, that was directing me home. Oh, yeah. I had no idea how to get to Bonaventure or how to get home. I just plugged in a Garmin and the ride home must have taken three and a half hours. It was the worst I've ever driven in. Oh, those are, those are some really good ones. Yeah. Uh, coach, um, I'm going to ask one more then, and then we'll start to close it up and let Eric finish up. Um, what has your take been this season with COVID, um, with the pandemic? You know, Coach Klump and I are constantly talking about how lucky we feel just to have had this experience uh, to get to see these athletes play. What has been your overall takeaway of, you know, how the schools have handled it, how the athletes have handled it? you know, quality of play that you've seen, given that we haven't had a lot of practice time and things of that nature. What's your general takeaway of this season? I'll be honest. I I was in a little bit of a pandemic rut and I never thought it was going to happen. And when they first said it's going to happen and people are blowing me up with tech messages and, you know, sending me the tweet that it's happening, I was almost like, oh, really? It's now (laughs) I got to throw a preview together in in a week and a half. And like, 
you know, because you go from nothing to we're going to squeeze in a whole season in two months, and how's mm-hmm. that even going to go? So I was a little pessimistic and negative in my own head about it when I got the news. And once I went to my first game, I was like, ugh. Oh, I missed you so much. <laughs> so I think the the quality of basketball this year has been way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think that the schools have handled it wonderfully. One of the things I said to somebody recently was the stuff, and especially at this point of the season, the stuff I'm watching on the court is getting so intense that the only thing missing is a crowd to just take mm-hmm. the atmosphere up yeah. to another mm-hmm. level. But I, I, I really admire how well the coaches and players have done this year and how hard they're competing. They've got to be so gassed. I mean, they're going every other night with a game and you barely have practice time in between. So I have been so pleasantly surprised with the product on the court this year. And I just, I, I sat there last night, sat up way later than I needed to, kind of looking and projecting playoff matchups and everything and trying to figure out what I thought I might get to see for these upcoming Section 6 playoffs and sectionals and it was just it was almost like giving me a pit in my stomach when I'm sitting there realizing this year I'm going to have to choose between do I want to see this A1 final or this B2 final and you know Mm -hmm. because in the past you've just been able to sit there like for a day or a week and just see everybody and everything. Yeah, so you're not going to be able to sit in that seat all day long, all week long at Buff State. But, um, you know, as the season winds down here, Chad, what are you looking forward to the most seeing these teams? Just like I do every year, it's just kind of seeing how it all plays out. Because you have a way in your head you think it's all going to play out. And a lot of it does go that way, but there's always surprises. There is nothing like that moment when you watch somebody celebrate a championship whether it's at buff state whether it's we won a league championship and ended a drought you know that next level stuff at the the state championships is a whole nother thing but Mm -hmm. i'm just really excited to see who who fulfills the 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 hype that we've given them who far supersedes anything that you ever talked about who comes out of nowhere those things, some big performances. You know, people always want to talk to me about who's the player of the year, who's the first team. Well, what do you think about this? And and my very best friends would speak up for me and tell me that I say all the time, you've got to let it play out. You know, I think it could be this, but so much changes. Winning changes everything. Mm-hmm. So you can, and if you try and cement, oh well, I think this is a first team or this is your player of the year, then you're not doing the process justice to me. You've got to let it all play out at the end, and you've got to reward teams that win. And and uh, at least that's my philosophy on it. And I tell you what, when I do the all center court team at the end of the year, there's nothing that gives me more anxiety because. Is the second I hit publish, I feel like I've disappointed so many people, and and that's just that's real talk for me. It's it's my baby, and I'm proud of it. But it almost takes me a couple months to look back and just feel good because it's it's those few kids that thought that they were going to be in a top 25 that aren't or didn't make an honorable mention or those coaches who I went to their gyms and watched their games and they were religious with sending me information and then one of their kids doesn't make it and it's so hard to put a cutoff point on things and to feel like you disappointed anybody so that gives me you know I I thought about just not doing it anymore because it, it gets in my head. 
Yeah, Chad, the work that you do is certainly celebrated by so many coaches and so many players throughout the area. I mean, you brought it up earlier. We don't even have box scores now that the coaches can can look into and, and, and the players more and more importantly can see their name in, in, in that box score. So what you what you do, what you do and what you've been doing for our athletes here in Western New York is certainly something to be celebrated. And uh, we thank you. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys saying that. And I mentioned it earlier. It's there's times where I think I, I can't believe that this is what I do and it's that appreciated. And then on the other end of it, I think it, it, it all goes together with kind of consistency and building a big network and, and staying with it. And so I understand it, but I, I really appreciate it. I've always thought I should wear a shirt around that says, we'll work for compliments. You know, <laughs> I, I don't need a lot of compensation just when I know people appreciate me getting out and doing it, it, it really does. It means a ton to me. I've done these couple uh, broadcasts with West New York Athletics, and I've gotten just really nice text back from people saying how much they appreciate it, and all that means a lot. Absolutely, Chad. That's one of the reasons why we were so excited to get you on our podcast, uh, share and celebrate you for all your efforts. Man, listen, we really appreciate you coming on, especially on a Sunday morning. Um with a couple weeks in the season left, uh, hopefully you can get out and see some more good basketball. But thanks for coming on. Guys, thanks again for having me. You guys keep up the great work, too. You've both been uh, with me through this entire journey. I've known both of you since I began doing it. And you come from that area where I started in the Niagara Orleans League. I wish you both a lot of success here coming up. And uh, I know that you have to get through each other in sectionals. So <laughs> good luck to both of you. <laughs> it's, gonna right. be a, it's gonna be a nice fun, uh, nice fun battle the end of the season for sure. Yeah. So hey coach, thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten.